Hello and welcome to Best of Five, your weekly FGC talk show brought to you by the same crew as always. Of course, unfortunately, still minus one. Efren is still, uh, you know, with his child, newly born, only two some odd weeks old. And so that takes precedence over our little show. And of course, I am brought to you as always by our co-hosts, Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek and John Velocal Raptor Guerrero, as long as Elon behind the desk. How are y'all doing? I am doing fantastic. How about you guys? I'm making it. You make it as good as you can, man. As good as you can. <laughs> and we have a lot to talk about this week. We have E-League, uh, you know, just finished, and there's a lot of controversy around that outside of just the game itself. Uh, a bunch of sponsorships and losses of sponsorships. We have SCR coming up. And, of course, we have Alex Valle being interviewed later on the show. So a bunch going on. Uh, but we'll start it off like we always do with a CPT recap. Uh, yeah, let's kick it off uh, with some events that you and I enjoyed this past weekend. Uh, the Red Bull uh, Conquest Qualifiers uh, kick it off in Dallas. Uh, as you see, the team representing the Big D will be Toy, Kid Viper, and a cash uh, toy taking it over his teammate Nigel in Street Fighter, uh, Kid Viper getting it done in Guilty Gear, and a cash coming down from Oklahoma uh, to take the Tekken title. Uh, what were your thoughts on the event uh, out in Dallas? It was really well ran. The venue was super cool. Uh, the the events were competitive. Uh, Kid Viper took Guilty Gear pretty handily. But uh, the Tekken Finals between Forward and Nagash was awesome, and Street Fighter was pretty competitive the whole way. We had a bunch of, you know, like all the best players from the South were, were at least from Texas and from a variety of other places in the South were there. And, of course, it's represented by uh, Dallas and Houston and Oklahoma. So it kind of worked as a qualifier for our whole region rather than just Dallas itself. And uh, before we go on, I'd like to, you know, thank Questbeer for the subscription. Almost, you know, nine months. We're getting close to people actually hitting that year mark. But yeah, Which Red Bull kind of, Dallas was awesome. Which is kind of scary. Um, that wasn't the only Red Bull Conquest event. Uh, there was one in St. Paul, Minnesota that I actually went to. I go to events sometimes. It really happens. Uh, it was technically a Twin Cities qualifier, but it might as well have been Chicago. Uh, Elvin <laughs> Shadow took the Guilty Gear title. Uh, Meteor Man, who entered as Scoop the Whoop, uh, the best name, <laughs> best name free in the tournament, uh, taking it over Beast Infection. That that Grand Finals was ridiculous. Beast Infection's pretty good, too, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The, and Cub Norris. That's like, if, if you rank the top three names in this tournament, that... That's your top three right oh, there. Oh, I didn't even see the Tekken 7 logo. I thought that was just a name ranking. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but Minnesota did get one. Uh, that dude, Mojo, uh, taking it over Just a Kid to prevent the Chicago sweep. Is Just a Kid the jury player that I fight online all the time? Yes. Oh, yes. that's cool. Yeah, and he, he was putting in work in the grand final. Uh, but Mojo, the Mika pick taking it all all the way so. and still a super underrated player mojo has a ton of results and has beaten a ton of the best players in the world at this point so yeah really mm -hmm. good guy and he will get that chance um if you get a chance to look at the venue it was at the uh uh 
Union Depot and uh, St. Paul. Uh, there's some pretty cool picks uh, floating around. It's a really, really good venue. Uh, so be sure to check that out on Twitter when you get a chance. Uh, as for the international circuits, uh, we had FV Cup this weekend, which was part of both the Tekken World Tour and the Capcom Pro Tour. Uh, on the Tekken side, it was Take who took it over John Ding in the grand final, uh, getting a win for Japan. Also getting a win for another new player uh, to the winner circle. Uh, the 12th different player to win uh, an offline event. There were only 15 who won all of last year uh, on the Tekken World Tour. So way more variety in that top, sp uh, top spot. Uh, than we saw last year. Uh, if we take a look at the global standings, not a whole lot of changes. Uh, John Ding actually, uh, there's a typo there, John Ding is actually in second place uh, over JDCR. Uh, the point totals are in the right spots, but the players are not. Mm -hmm. uh, also note the, le the middle uh, column, bottom two spots, 19 and 20. Last man in, Joey Fury. First man out, Fergus. Both of those guys are in the same pool in uh, at VS Fighting this weekend, along with Dimeback. So Pool 6 is going to be a key pool uh, in the race for the Tekken World Tour Finals. Uh, kicking it over to the Street Fighter side of that event, uh, the Kami Memorial Tournament. <laughs> God damn. If you love Cammy, this was the tournament for you. If you hate Cammy, oh my goodness. Uh four Cammy players made top eight, but she didn't win, so she needs buffs. Uh <laughs> Cien took it over UD in the grand final. Uh Haitani, third, Cammy. Gamer B, fourth, Cammy. Uh, Haitani played a, a Kuma. Oh, my bad. Uh I'm, I'm, I'm all the camis just sort of blending. Well, Haitani ended up having to play six camis in a row. That's yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> yeah, because it was it was John Ding who's actually you know he's known for his Tekken, but he's pretty solid in Street Fighter. Then Gamer B, then UD, then Mago, then Gamer B again, then UD again. So just he, he's got plenty of experience in the matchup now. <laughs> Uh, but that sort of led to a uh, whole bunch of talk about Cammy, why she's so good, the fear of will we see a similar result at Evo with three, four, maybe even more players uh, running one character uh, in top eight. I think that um, when Cammy hits you with an uppercut, it should poison you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like in real life, not just in the game. Oh, yeah. You start <laughs> feeling sick. <laughs> <laughs> when you die in the game, you die in real life. Street Fighter, yeah. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, I was just saying that the one thing she needs is a command throw. You know? Just, mm. cause, Smart. Cause she just, you just don't respect Take her enough notes. when she's up close. Uh, <laughs> moving on, for now, at least, from the Kami discussion, there is also an online event uh, for Western Europe. So, UK... Uh, Scandinavia, 
France, Germany, Spain, all of those countries involved. Uh, Phenom got his second online win of the season, taking it over Vega Patch in the grand final. Uh, strong performance for both of those players. Uh, but another good weekend for Phenom as he continues to march on towards Capcom Cup. If we take a look at the standings, you can see Phenom now in the top 10 in points. Uh, just ahead, a uh, pretty good margin over Daigo right now for eighth. Uh, the final spots, though, uh, you look at uh, Gamer B27, uh, 10 points behind Brolino for that final guaranteed, or excuse me, uh, that, that's the race for the final guaranteed spot. It could grow a little bit depending on how uh, the uh, regional finals play out, but that's where we're at. Um, but of course, the big money, the big event this weekend, the the playoffs, the finals of the 2018 E League Street Fighter V Invitational. Uh, I just want to say I correctly predicted six of these eight placings. I did awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, I had Fujimura making the run that Smug did. If those two swapped, I would have predicted it right down to the reset. Uh, yeah, well, Fujimura but, got last. Yeah, well, 3,000, not, not too bad for him. <laughs> uh, but Tokido taking it over Smug in the grand final. A uh, couple people had some thoughts about that, but Tokido taking home 150 k uh, Smug doing pretty well, all right for himself with forty thousand. Daigo taking third, taking home twenty thousand. Uh, on top of this, there was also the finals of the uh, online tournament series uh, that they've run in conjunction with E League. Uh, that came down to Shine and Samurai. Shine won the first to two grand finals in that uh, to take the nine thousand dollar first prize. So. Congratulations to Shine. Congratulations to all the players you see uh, for a fantastic run at E-League. And that's the end of the recap? That is it. So should we go straight into talking about E-League? What do you guys think? Well, I think we should congratulate uh, Bloomtune for uh, congratulating the Salinas family and for Donka uh, for having a great head of hair. He also oh, wow. subscribed. That's what that all was for. So thank you so much. Thank you, Bloom Tune. One of the show's longest standing fans. Or whatever we call them. We need to get a name for our like our, our followers. I don't know. They should talk about that in the chat right yeah, now. Yeah, they should they should figure that and out. And we'll vote yeah. on it. Absolutely. But no, uh, Cinderella story from, from Smug at E League, right? Oh yeah, I mean three O I mean it was it didn't even look like a Cinderella story outside of what we thought, because I mean he bodied everyone. Absolutely. Even Tokido was, until the last set. I mean, he three would everyone in a row, right? Well, we yeah. were talking, we're going into it talking like Fujimura just came off of his ridiculous run at CEO. Um, and, uh, right, it was CEO. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, like, so it's like, yeah, he's in the loser's bracket, but like, he's, he's the one that all eyes were on. Like, he might be the favorite to win, even though he's in loser's bracket. Smug would have been probably, out of everyone in the top eight, the last pick to go anywhere, especially because he had Fujimura first round. And like you said, 3-0, and everyone's jaws hit the floor, and we go, uh, who is this man that showed up to play today? And a lot of that was because of his, um, 
his defense, right? Yeah. He's been an offensive machine since Street Fighter Four. No surprises there. But Smug turned on the defense, and it took him so far. Yeah, his anti-air was impeccable. Um, he blocked on Wake Up A Lot, obviously boxer with no reversal options. Uh, he played fantastically well. And, I mean, I guess what we're getting into is the controversy that perhaps his streak was cut short by a commercial break. And for people who don't know, um, in between the reset of the Grand Finals first set and the Grand Finals reset, there was a five or so minute long ad break that basically resulted in the players taking, you know, almost 10 minutes in between playing, you know, match, match three and match four or match four. I thought match it was five. only two minutes or is it two minutes plus the announcers talked for a while and then shenanigans happened. It was yeah, a while. The, the was commercial break minutes. was like two minutes, but you had the little bit of talking down after the end of the first set, a little bit of the intro uh, as they came back. So the actual break was closer to five. Mm -hmm. And so the the controversy is that Smug got iced. He was was so hot, and then he had to sit there and wait for five minutes, give Tokido five minutes to kind of recollect and figure out what he was doing wrong or what adjustments needed to be made. And then Tokido kind of handled them 3-1, I think it was, after the reset. Yeah, and I mean... Almost every big name commented on this. I mean, mm-hmm. Ultra David, Snake Eyes, Punk. Uh, I, I don't know if we have the tweets up, but I mean, I could read them if people want. There's people in E League that, like, like I think Mena said. Mena just said, "I'm really angry." He didn't specifically say that this was like an injustice, but he's like, "I'm really angry about this." Remember, Alex Myers is like, "What are you doing? Why is there a break right now?" Um, people were upset with breaks just in general because there were a lot of them. It was like one match, then a break then another match, then a break, and then like an, an analysis, and then another break, and then a match. So it was like, it was pretty spaced out. It was very, very esports in nature as far as how much time was in between matches and sets and such. But yeah, overall, yeah. the, uh, the general, people have either come out and said, this was awful, or it was unfortunate but maybe didn't decide things. But, I mean, no one seems real positive on it, is, I guess, what I'm getting towards. I mean, is that how you guys feel? Like, I guess we should just go around the horn and kind of get opinions as to, like, do you think this was a bad thing to begin with or, or, or what? I'm on the more conservative side where I think that it is not a huge deal in general to have a few minutes in between the sets. Um, it was. It's been confirmed uh, by the Gwinnett Brawl people and by various people who were there that they were told there would be a break if it was to reset. So this wasn't a surprise to the players, um, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big deal. And I don't. I, I think if, say, Tokido had sat at character select for a few minutes, you know, people would have been like, wow, what great strategy, you know? Like, I don't think it would have been a huge deal. That being said... As Steve mentioned, there was a lot of breaks in E-League, and I just think it was ugly. Less so than I think it ruined Smug's chances of winning E-League. I think they should strategize around it more. Brian F. had a really good thread on Twitter that basically described why it could have been an awesome moment for them instead of a controversy. And I suggest you you go read that. Uh, He talked mostly about how he was upset not because it not because it broke momentum, but because it broke the flow of the story. You 
you know, if you got to see the players and how they responded to that reset and, you know, re the attempt to regather themselves, uh, seeing Tokido, you know, what he does to try and reset the situation, seeing smug knows, knowing that, okay, he's halfway there, but now he's got to do it again. You know, that would be a moment where we learn a little bit more about the players, connect more to the players, um, tell a better story uh, about this tournament. You know, and, and that that sounds like a legitimate thing, both on the side of, like, you know, you have your audience that's upset with these breaks, but then you have the, the E-League people, TBS and, and whatever, trying to make this digestible uh, presentation. Like, it's, a, it's an entertainment package for them, right, to, to have people watch and then, you know, pay attention to and everything. And so using this to... I, I appreciate that idea because it's not just... I'm pissed off that there was a break and I'm pissed off that I had to stop watching for a minute and, and whatever. And then you could also venture into like, well, it was bad for the players to make that argument and stuff. But like this actually has somewhere to go. Right. And it's like, OK, E-League, you know, you can do this kind of thing. But but you would also benefit, you know, as the as the people presenting, if you make this more into a narrative and such. And like this is a new thing, putting putting fighting games and video games in general on TV. It's like it's a new process. Right. And so there's going to be all these kinks. Like last year, we had grand finals. It was a really wonky format. Yeah, like four out of seven like, for the winner. And yeah, like, yeah. And, 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 and it's like, yeah, it's going to be some growing pains, figuring things out. The Capcom Pro Tour has gone through growing pains of figuring out the, the you know, good mediums between what they imagine is good and then what's actually good and such. And it's like, yeah, we're going to get this down. Give it some time. And so maybe this break here was, was not the best thing in the world. I personally am like, you know what? E-League's putting up, you know, all in all, $250,000. It's getting a whole bunch of eyes that wouldn't normally be on this game and on this community on it. It's giving opportunities to these players to get out there in front of more cameras and, 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 and you know, realize the dream, if you will. And so, like, for me, maybe it could be better. But even if it wasn't better and even if this was how they were going to play it from here on out and they're going to do more E-Leagues every year and it was there's going to be a break if there's a reset in Grand Finals, I'm like, I'll take that. Because at the end of the day, they're giving a lot to this community in, in doing what they're doing here. So it's like, I personally wasn't too upset with it. It's like, maybe it could be better. But at the end of the day, it was well worth what they're giving us. I'd just like to interrupt real quick to, to, to thank one of our subscribers, Any Super. Thank you. Thanks, bud. When, when, when Efren's back, we'll have, clap, uh, we'll have clap gifts back if you guys really enjoyed oh, this. Oh, God. So... Mm -hmm. So just wait um, maybe a week, one more week. I would say that, you know, my my big I issue wasn't so much that, you know, I, I agree that it broke up the flow of the event. I agree that it would have been better served to uh, just let, let them take that break, let them marinate it live and see, see what would have happened there. But... I, what I saw right in the immediate aftermath of the event was was a feeling that the break called the event into the into question, that it deprived uh, Smug of his momentum, and I wasn't on board with that. Yeah, no way. I agree. Um, you know, I, I compare it to the Super Bowl. You know, the Super Bowl. You know, going in that halftime is longer than halftime of other games that the pregame show that all the festivities mean that there's a lot more standing around 
compared to a regular season game. But in in that instance, just like this, both sides of both players have to deal with it. Uh, it's basically the same rules applying to both players. So, and and even if there wasn't that break, I Tokido absolutely would have taken you know two three minutes to take it to character select, regather himself, and breathe. So, I I don't think that it was quite as bad from a competition standpoint as people were making it out to be. I would be happy if if they do it again next year that they don't have that break. But you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily the end of the world if it does. Yeah. It'll be nice when we have like motivated go ahead. by people just being upset because it was a break in the action. And for the audience it was a little bit hard to digest because everyone was on the edge of their seat. This was it was, it was an action-packed you know evening, and this was the height of all of it. It was a climax. It's like the guy you didn't expect to get past the first round just three owed the dude you expected to win the whole thing in grand finals and reset. And and so you're all on the edge of your seat, and then you have to all of a sudden take this break that you're not accustomed to either because we don't usually have this kind of thing happening in grand finals. And so uh, a lot of people were just mad, and and I think it's it, it was easier to go and say oh, this is a disservice to the players. This is illegitimizing the event as a whole. And I think a lot of that was said in that emotion. Um, I would venture to guess that if you went back to a lot of the people that were saying those kinds of things in the moment, they might have changed their tune by now because the emotion has subsided. But, yeah. I think that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. So Now, there's one thing I did want to bring up. Uh, I just got a look at the initial ratings uh, for the E-League broadcast for the finals. Uh, it did. It brought in about 118,000 viewers uh, at the 11 o'clock Eastern hour. Compare that to last year, uh, which brought in 335,000. Now, my big question is how much of that was because last year's finals were live versus this year's finals being broadcast on Twitch first and then being re-aired on TBS. It's a huge change for sure. Um, yeah. It's really hard to say with TV numbers, obviously, because we don't know a lot about TV numbers as far as the FGC goes. We have a few of these events. I don't know what else was and on at that time and, and all those kind of things. A lot of those things are decided by things that aren't really the content, what came on before, what came on after, so... I don't, we also have, I don't have a lot of the, uh, the K Brad Wolf Crone drama yeah. buildup. I don't know if that had something to do with getting like, you know, the more, I guess, TMZ crowd, if you will, to watch. And it does kind of suck, though, that when you look at that, like the, the bottom line is like a third of the viewership from last year. So. Uh. And, you know, this court, this sort of brings up uh, a thought that I've had about E-League for a while. It's that. It feels to me that they see Street Fighter, they see fighting games as this great experiment. You mm -hmm. know, they have their established formula for, uh, you know, for Counter-Strike, for the, for the games that they're super familiar with. But, but uh, when they bring Street Fighter on, that's when they try the wacky stuff. That's when they bring the cop on. That's when they start the um, reality show. That's when they air the finals first and then re-edit it for T or rebroadcast it later for TV. Um, 
I don't know how strongly they feel about uh, Street Fighter, if they really want to do a third version of this uh, or not. W- that remains to be seen, but it's something I worry about a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, time will tell. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't be super surprised if they didn't have it next year. Um, and, and then really, like, and this is a whole other conversation to have, but, like, fighting game execution in, in the esports realm is kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to go about it right now. And, and there are a lot of things to, to talk about in that avenue, so I guess we shouldn't probably go down that rabbit hole too far. But time will tell. It'll be interesting to see how things play out and this chapter and whatever the next one is. Yeah, and I think I think a big thing to take away is what you said, which is that now that a little bit of time has passed, I think people realize, and I hope realize, that the break didn't ruin the integrity of the event. Uh, I would hope that you wouldn't think that. Uh, this was pre-planned. Right. They need to run ads at some point, and maybe they yeah. can think of better times to do it, but I, I don't I, think I mean, it changed the outcome, and I don't think... And if it did, it certainly wasn't their fault. It was the player's fault you know i mean at the end of the day e-league is a television broadcast they're not coming in to be to provide charity for the fgc or for whoever they work with they're there to create a show that will bring in ratings that will bring in interest that will bring in viewers Mm -hmm. so the decisions they make are going to be in from that point of view the question is can we work with them to create something that appeases both, that makes both parties happy? Because the the one thing they largely been good about, they, they took some steps back this year, uh, but the one thing they've largely been good about is if there's criticism, if there's a, something that's seen as a big problem, they have gone back, reworked it, and done it in a way that the FGC as a whole has been more receptive of. We'll see if that happens, if there's even an opportunity for it, for that to happen. Well, moving on, never short of controversy. Um, people have been talking about input lag again. We thought we had buried this hatchet, but we have not. Street Fighter V's input lag has been looked further into, and not only is it basically the laggiest game currently being played of the fighting games on PS4, the lag's inconsistency has been found to be consistent, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, basically, the input lag varies somewhere from four and a half to six frames, or six and a half, somewhere up to seven, somewhere in that range. And it consistently goes up and then drops back down and then goes up again. So at any point in a match of Street Fighter, you may be playing in two completely different frames of lag. Elon, can you... Uh, I have a graphic in there. Oh, good, uh, great. Should we pull that up? Just so we can illustrate that. Here it is. So, uh, this is the amount of... Fra- by the way, this was uh, brought up by a uh, tw- Twitter at WYDD. I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh but he went in and he investigated a bunch of different games on PS4. Um, he found that Street Fighter V was the only one that had a level of unpredictability uh, in the amount of lag that would come. And this is what he discovered. At some point, uh, at the start of a cycle, 
uh, you would have four frames of lag, essentially. A um, few seconds later, it would go up to five, go up to six a few seconds later, a few seconds later it would go up to seven, and then once the cycle completes, which is about a minute, it would drop back down to four. And this would repeat again and again. Uh, he tried it on different stages, uh, in different situations. This cycling has been consistent in his findings. And as a programmer, this makes some degree of sense. At some point, they're like recycling all the extra memory or something like that. But it's unfortunate that it works this way because it seems to be the only game, as you mentioned, that has a problem nearly this drastic. And games yeah, and like it, Blaze Blue are consistently around three or two to three frames of lag the entire time, let alone four at their best and seven at their worst. Yeah, and and it should be pointed out that the other three games uh, that show a a low level of stability are all uh, 30th anniversary games. Yeah. In the in the initial test, uh, wide or wid. Uh, apologize for that pronunciation uh ran the games on turbo mode and part of what happens in turbo uh mode uh is in order to keep the speed up they'll the game will occasionally just delete a frame here and there so once that's accounted for the stability of those games came up to about 90 90 ish percent or so so mm-hmm. it's basically just a street fighter 5 problem just a street fighter 5 on uh, PS4 problem. Yeah, no, I've noticed that. I mean, I've played the game on PC, and it honestly feels a lot better. And it's... Uh, what do you say at this point? I mean, it's been it's been years <laughs> now, right? We, we've known this issue. And now that we've had it quantified, I'm going to be honest, it's worse than I thought it was. And that's a little sad. I thought it was going to be maybe less bad than I thought it was. But no, it's worse. It's way more inconsistent. Um, this is what we run tournaments on, but... I guess if I'm being honest, I don't know what this means. Like, what, what, what do we do about it? Like, well, I doubt Capcom off, will fix it. <laughs> um, obviously, there was the infamous like eight frames of lag, and I think it was actually a little bit below eight frames, but we, we rounded it to it's, eight. We rounded it like to eight. Seven point, yeah. If it's seven point X, it will occasionally be eight. So we just call it eight. Sure. Now, okay. So I guess in the findings from from Y whatever D. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so from those findings, it never went above seven, right? So Capcom did actually reduce it. Because right, my first that's been confirmed. Like, okay, yeah. So it's like, because maybe it was back in the day, we just, we clocked it and it happened to be at the high point, And then- No, they fixed the frame. There was like a legacy okay. driver's issue. That's been confirmed. Okay, okay. So, all right. We've been playing on this since the beginning with this fluctuation. So this is new information for the community, um, but it's not an actual like new truth that like all right. of a sudden now you're, you're playing on a, on a weirdly laggy game. It's like, it's still consistently shitty, if you will, <laughs> since the beginning. Um, and, and when you're playing, I mean, I, I've been playing it since the beginning and, and I haven't, I haven't noticed like this being a specific issue, I guess. I mean, and of course, like there are going to be times where that one frame is going to mess with you and your timing. But again, Street Fighter V, uh, like there aren't one frame links and things like that. So like the dependency to hit like a really precise window isn't there. So like technically it's not the worst thing in the world. 
Um, on paper, this looks really bad. And it's not to say that this isn't a bad thing and I wish it weren't in the game. But when you practically apply it to how things have played out, the consistency of certain players in tournament, um, things like that, it's like I don't feel like in actual, I guess, application or in, in actual experience, it's been as bad as what this like on paper thing looks like. Um, if that's at all a saving grace to the situation, like it's it's not I a agree. good look for Capcom. It's not a good look for Street Fighter Five. Um, but I think it helps to remind ourselves that like we've been playing in this the entire time. Nothing has actually changed. Just what we know about it has changed. I mean, we're we're talking about a situation where there's a difference of three frames of lag in the same round. You yeah. know, it's it's th- somewhat no coincidentally. Other game. No other game is dealing with this. Why? I I, I just would love to know. I, I, I wish that we had some people who were willing to uh, break some non-disclosure agreements because <laughs> I would love to hear what the heck is going on in, in there. I really would. You could probably make a 30 for 30 about that. I was going to say, like, the, the behind the music of Street Fighter V is oh. going to be a great one. Um, but, you know, I, I want to ask Vae when he comes on about this as well. Just, like, how do we how do we digest this? As, as like, do we suddenly go, this game is, is not legitimate? You know, I mean, this is, this is much more of an argument for illegitimacy than a, than a break in Grand Finals, right? Um, and, and I personally wouldn't venture to that spot. Like, we've been playing it. We've been having fun. Uh, we've had these tournament circuits. We've had a lot of excitement and watching, you know, people win and lose and all this stuff. It's like, it's still the same. It's still the same entity that we've always had. It's just, uh, I, I'm having a hard time processing this and de- kind of deciding how I really feel about it. You know, and like I wish it wasn't there, but it is. It is what's here. It's what's in front of us to play. And it's so many times we've had to kind of make that compromise. It's like, yeah, Street Fighter Five, you have X, Y, Z problems, but you're Street Fighter, and I want to play you, so I'll deal with it and and continue to play. And it's like, when is that legit breaking point gonna actually? When are we actually gonna get to that breaking point when people actually say something like this is too much, and we're not gonna play the game anymore? And I'm not trying to usher people to that. Let me be very clear. Like I want, I want this game to thrive. I want esports and fighting games to continue to grow. Um, but damn, like issue after issue, I'm, I'm, I'm getting nervous. Well, how? Here's the thing. What other option do you have? If you want to play, if you want to play fighting games for big money, you know, Street Fighter is the only real option there is. Right. And running on PC as of yet isn't an option so guess what you got to deal with this well yeah, interesting question for turn their backs completely and just say well i mean it was fun playing fighting games while it lasted competitively i'm, I'm just gonna go play third strike or play four or whatever the st the game that i'm used to just casually with my friends but i'm not going to embrace this whole current chapter and esports movement and everything because there's just so many problems that in in quality of life i said like, this I last i said this last generation of games i'm gonna say it again for this one and mean it more for real if the next big fighting game isn't a free-to-play pc game that's consistently updated i'm gonna fall behind it's it's that's how that's where it's gotta be i think i think that's where it's gotta be it does i I have fortnite only because i i turned on my ps4 one day and it's like hey you want this game for free that everyone's playing (laughs) it's like yeah, I'll download it for free, and in 10 minutes I'll have it, and I can 
I can dick around and, and like play it if I want, put money in, into customizing my characters. And you know, when you do that kind of a thing is when you really fall in love with a game and you're like, yeah, it's now worth it to me to put my actual money into like just changing what my character looks like. It's like you've earned that as a development and as a game, as a development company and as a game creator, you earn your your fans and your audiences appreciation and trust and then they buy more from you and they and it's all in good faith especially if you're obviously giving away the game for free and after after kind of thinking about it last night i'm like you know if street fighter 6 or whatever comes next fighting games in general coming down the pike if they don't adopt at least more of this approach and it's probably not apples to apples when you're talking about league of legends or overwatch or fortnite and all this stuff you know um and not to say that i don't think overwatch is free i don't know anyways it's not apples to apples with fighting games. Fighting games are a different entity, and there are other changes that will need to be made. But at the end of the day, if you don't copy at least a good portion of what these guys are doing, because it's what's working and it's what's becoming the standard, not only are people going to hope for this, they're going to expect it. If you're not delivering, it's like you're going to fall by the wayside, which is, I think, what you were getting at, Mike. It's like, we're, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for the future right now. But my question to that is, you know, who's going to make the leap? Because we've seen it time and time and time again. You know, it's so, so difficult for a new fighting game IP to thrive. I mean, Skullgirls is a niche title. you know, And that's a game that did a lot of things right. Unist is still a niche title. And that's a game that does a lot of things right. You know, the only games that are really going to move the needle in terms of sales, in terms of market penetration like that i feel are going to be the tekkens the street fighters and the mortal combats of the world maybe a game like dragon ball fighters that has you know a big key license behind it but i don't know is league of fighters or whatever uh that rising thunder sequel the riot fighting game will that be the one to do it i don't know well it's well, speaking of fighting know. games trying to move that needle, um, Fighting EX Layer does have new free characters. Ooh, yes. Cool. Uh, uh, they announced... Uh, ugh, I, I, I just closed my link. I'm sorry. Uh, Pullum is one of them, and then I forget the other one off the top of my head. Uh, oh, Volcano Rosso. They are going to be added to the game down the line. Uh, they will be free, uh, according to Arika. Uh, with more details to be announced at Evo. Wasn't Pete- Volcano Rosso one of the characters during the Street Fighter V like character poll? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that we highlighted for like way too long on the show. Yes, I'm pretty sure we highlighted all those characters for way too long. Let's be real. <laughs> um, a few more quick notes as far as news this week. Uh, a few free agencies, uh, notably Rob TV and Sparrow Gin of Street Fighter and Tekken, respectively, are now free agents. Yep. Excuse me. Uh, Rob is, his contract under Hazardous has come to an end. They are in negotiations, but he is open to new teams, uh, and Hazardous has been supportive of him in that. Uh, Sparrowgen is one of several players impacted by... uh, Velocity Esports deciding to cut ties with all of its players. So uh, Sparrowgen and Trey Pound, uh, the most notable names in the FGC under that banner. Uh, 
You know, with Rob, that's interesting that that he's with Hazard. Is that what it is? Hazard is. Yes. So it's like Rob was was he's been kind of like on the grind as far as getting you know notoriety. I know he's been doing YouTube videos and such, and then um, now he's kind of emerged as like a legitimate player in tournament as well, um, taking out some big names, and then obviously being on the the E League Challenger. So he's really like in his prime as far as things have gone thus far. Like he's never been in a better state. So for them to like let the contract kind of lapse or, or whatever, or I mean, I don't know the specifics of the situation, but he's a lot more valuable now than he was, I, mean, I think when he initially got signed, and I don't know exactly when that was, uh, probably a year ago, right? But um, it's interesting to me to see, it's like I would, he's, he's like an up and comer. He's like a rising star. He's one of those guys you want to get in and get, like, strike a deal now, make it cheap. And then that way, if he continues to grow and expand and blow up, then you already got him on your team. So, interesting to me. But again, I don't know all the details. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's already been on uh, national TV. So, <laughs> hopefully, he continues to uh, improve, uh, make deep runs at events, and uh, find something uh, that works for him and for his uh, either old team or new team. So. Uh, also, along that vein, uh, there are some uh, Reddit Evo sponsorship updates as uh, within the last couple days. Uh, our Street Fighter uh, is trying to send four players to Evo. Uh, they've complete they've completed the funding of two of them uh, in Idrop and El Chicote, and then uh, they are hoping to raise thirteen hundred more. Uh, in order to send Neon and Tega to Evo. So still some time left. Uh, check reddit.com slash slash street fighter uh, to see how you can help contribute that. Uh, uh, before we get Kappa, into Kappa, to, oh, go ahead. let's thank Trezor for subscribing to the channel. Yes. Appreciate that, Trev. Um, and then our Kappa, not to be outdone, uh, they have completed, they have successfully funded FAB, uh, Japanese Guilty Gear player. So he will be in the Evo field this year. Wait, I gotta, I gotta figure out the uh, the R Street Fighter players because I've now made it my mission after since Combo Breaker to send all the R Street Fighter players home from uh, from the tournament. Oh so yeah, since, on my list. <laughs> since you took out Tourniquet, yes. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Also, if R Street Fighter, if you guys want to sponsor me, that's fine too. I'll, I'll, I'll so, do. how would you send yourself home? Would you DQ oh, yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good at doing that. Yeah, uh, just, yeah I've, I've done that at every single tournament that I've ever entered for Street Fighter Five thus far. So, don't worry about that, Steve. Congratulations. And you then, are. and then, finally, and perhaps the biggest name of the people said so far, uh, Knuckledo, who has spent the the greater part of the last few months sponsored by his own wallet, um, has been hinting heavily. That he will be sponsored soon, saying that he has big he news that. coming up. He did that at NorCal. He's like, next week I'm going to reveal something. He did. Big, and it, so I, I mean, who knows what I he's doing? Think. But this time he was he was very straightforward about what he was referring to. So who can, knows? Can either of you? Because I can't. Can either of you see a legitimate situation where you, as as Knuckle do, who could have his pick of sponsors, as far as I I understand it, would go so long without one? Like, I mean, outside of maybe some personal reasons that you would never be able to guess, um, I don't see why you would do that as a player. And he, I, I've talked to him like at, at events and he's like, you know, this, I, I didn't realize it, but like, 
it's really expensive to do all this stuff by yourself. You know, the hotel fee and, uh, you know, the the travel and the, and the food and everything, way overpriced. Obviously, anytime you go to one of these events and stuff, it's like, it's really expensive. Why would you ever do that as, as if you're knuckled? It may not be the perfect decision well, as far as taking a long time, but I mean, he's obviously like, I mean, you get locked into these things and I'm assuming like what you get locked into is more important when your life is playing Street Fighter. So I understand why it's important for him to shop around and pick the best, you know, the best pick for him. Because if he decides I'm going to do this and he's, you know, screwed over for the better, better part of a year, then that is not good for him. But at the same point, you know, if you if you're paying for yourself for the entire year, then that's not any better. So I think he's come to that, you know, point of equilibrium where he's finally found one and has run out of time. So. That's well, my take and on. the other thing to keep in mind too is that yeah, he he came into a little bit of change a while back, so he has the freedom to yes. go to whichever events he wants to, and more specifically, not go to events he doesn't want to. Um, if you get sponsored, if you have a contract, there's certainly expectations of well, you have to go to X number of events, you have to attempt, you have to really grind to make sure. You're in Capcom Cup, so our sponsor name will be out there. You know, that might not be what he wants. You know, he's been playing a lot of Fortnite as of late. <laughs> he, he he can do what he wants. So maybe this is he found a deal where, hey, I can still have the freedom I want. And, you know, it will be something that works for both parties. Well, we've got 10 minutes until we'll be joined by no other than Mr. Alex Valle himself. So we'll get through a few more things that happened throughout the week pretty quickly. Um, the eSports Awards nominations have been announced, and there were a few fighting game titles in there and then also a Smash title. Um, oh, wow, really? So <laughs> that happened. Uh, yeah, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Dragon Ball Fighters. I keep calling it Z. Uh, Nominated for both esports game of the year and esports breakout game of the year, uh, Melee was also nominated for esports game of the year. Uh, surprisingly, Capcom got nominated for publisher of the year. Not that's Bandai incredible. Co. I, I yeah, that doesn't make sense with with everything that Bandai has done this year. It 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 just seems strange to me that they like. Street or they don't like street or they like Dragon Ball as a game. Yeah, it's a breakout game. It has a world tour. There's also this tour for Tekken that's doing really well, which hey also happens to be under the Bandai Namco banner. And yet somehow that they like the game, not the publisher. Rigged. They don't like Street Fighter Five, but they do like Capcom enough to put them in the category i don't know the only thing i can think of is that they decided they wanted one fighting game and they chose the one with the most money as the publisher so i that yes it doesn't from the from the inside it doesn't make a lot of sense um i mean cpt is still going strong you know we're, we're in year three of street fighter i don't see how else how else the game would be doing as well as it still is somehow uh, without the CPT. So it, Capcom does deserve credit for that. Certainly. Um, 
one other thing while we're on this subject, and, and I'm not certain this is accurate, so maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong here, but I think one other uh, category was uh, eSports Photographer of the Year, and if that's if this is the event that I'm thinking about, um, I think Vexeny, uh Stephanie Lindgren is on that ballot, so if you, oh, cool. uh, I don't know if voting is still open or not, or if it's, but anyway, uh, it she's, she's the one that captured that amazing um, photo of Sonic Fox after he defeated Goichi at Combo Breaker. She does uh, really good work, and um, and so I would, uh, I don't think Chris Bond, who I think is in the chat right now, uh, is on the list, so otherwise I would say you have to vote for him as well, but uh, yeah, uh, right yeah. in Bonnism, that's fine too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would I would encourage you to vote for, uh, for Stephanie, because she does a really great job. Yep, both she and uh, Robert Paul, uh, Tempest Rob, got nominated for Esports Photographer of the Year, so congratulations to both of them. And then another quick one, uh, CEO Taku announced their game list, which is quite extensive, and we have that up on the screen. You have everything. I mean, the, they, they also announced the order of entrance. I know Dragon Ball Fighters was the most popular, followed by Guilty Gear Rev 2. Um, but you have a whole host of things from popular anime games you usually see at tournaments to Sailor Moon S. And I believe Somebody it's, one, it's probably the first girl. huge tournament for SNK Heroines as well. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. I I went last year, I think it was either last year or the year before, and it's a really good tournament. Yeah, yeah they, you know, CEO, they live up to uh, whatever theme they run better than any event out there. You know, what they ago. did with with the the stage for CEO Taku the last couple of years has been amazing. Uh, what they do for Dreamland is great. Obviously, the ring for uh, for CEO Prime, I guess, what we're calling it. I have no idea. Um, Regular-ass CEO. <laughs> Regular-ass CEO. That's, that's the official headline. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that should be a fun one. And then as our final tidbit of news, um, Smash had their harassment policy updated, which I didn't aware existed in the first place, but um, that happened. Yes. And it's serious, um, of course. I mean, I'm just saying I, I wasn't even aware there was a policy. Uh, yes, this was, uh, if you'll remember, after some high-profile issues, uh, or at least accusations of harassment within Smash, a bunch of TOs and figures got together to form a committee to create a sort of unified rule set uh, to uh, bring everything on board, get everybody all, all together on that. Uh, the big issue with that is uh, they updated earlier this week that they could not implement their policy uh, because one player who they did not name uh, has been charged and is has been sued for uh, harassment, but but the TOs fear banning them because they have this person has threatened litigation against Oof. any tournament that bans him. Uh, so that started a discussion. Uh, Got a couple of uh, lawyers er, in the esports field involved, including uh, Ultra David. So hopefully that gets Steve, resolved. Steve, tell the chat what litigation means. Uh, oh, God. Uh, somebody getting sued. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'd like, I'd like to update outside of that with uh, Blue, who I know is in very invested in the anime scene, just updated us with the fact that the inclusion of Dragon Radar events... On the Dragon oh, Ball yes, Fighters I Pro Tour. 
I forgot I thought I threw that in there. Yeah, no, I mean, these are going to be, so there's going to be more offline events that give you prizes and then flights to the actual Dragon Ball bearing events, which I think is pretty cool. So ups on them for adding more to that. Because obviously, I mean, that's a pretty big prize for first place to get flown out to another event itself. It's on the little Nimbus and it's not, Yeah, and it's not just any event. It's the Saga event of their choosing. Okay. So, so if they want to go to the Latin America one to try their uh, luck there, they can. Um, so, yeah, that will be fun. And I think with that, um, you know, we, we've talked about most of the news of the week. And for the first time in a while, we actually have a guest on. So I think John's going to be joining me on that. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, my uh, my microphone, my headphones are actually cut out right now. There we go. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be moving on to that. And give me yeah. one, give me one short. Well, Steve, go ahead. Uh, do we have time for a question of the day? Oh, so- you know what? I'm totally wrong. Sorry about that. Let's do question of the day. Right. Cool Everyone's beats. better at this than uh, I am. That's it. You're fired. Um, and then I fired myself. So see ya. No. Um, uh, we, you know, talking about free agency, uh, we took to Twitter and asked, you know, what unsigned player out there should get picked up uh, and why? Uh, Christian Cordero went with Toxin, uh, said he's one of the few best Ermac players back in the days of MKX. And although he doesn't play much in Justice 2, he's very skillful in DBFZ and should get another chance with a sponsorship. Uh, Handa711 went with Rock Pond, a great Monat player in Taiwan that beats top pros all the time. Uh, The Hay clearly went with Wizrobe, uh, being a top 10 melee player and a top 64 player with a good following, potential to be a top player in Ultimate as well. Uh, Alex Myers was one of a few people who suggested Gachi-kun, uh, Gachi-kun, excuse me, uh, super consistent, host, host Topanga, cool guy too, uh, definitely would like to see him get picked up by a big team. Uh, Jacob do Jacob die, uh, went with Kakoma who has been doing great on Tekken world tour highest rated player, uh, in the TWT standings who is currently not sponsored. Uh, so he is well on his way to a spot in the Tekken world tour finals. And, uh, we wrap it up with joy Redmond who might be a little biased. In this. <laughs> Maybe a hair. Uh, but what with cool kid, uh, truly dedicated, passionate and encouraging player has won a few recognizable tournaments, but has always placed out of pools at major events with the right esports family. He can become and maintain a position at the top player as a top player in the U.S. Again, she might be a little bit biased, a little bit. Uh, but thank you to everyone who answered. Yeah, we always appreciate that. We have the question of the day. Unfortunately, um, because we are ill-prepared, and I'm going to blame myself for this one, we don't currently have a block grab lined up, and instead we just have a really great interview with one of the most important members of the scene. So consider yourselves grateful. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, All but, um, yeah, we're going uh, to be signing off with Steve, 
And John and I are going to interview Alex Vi as soon as he's on. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, Canada. Love you, Steve. So I'm being I told we're going to run a, uh, a two-minute ad here. Um, and I know at least like three-fourths of you aren't going to see it. So we'll keep talking in the meantime. All. Oh, you weren't aware of that, John? Yeah. You always watch the ads on Twitch? Every single time. Well, that's good because we are um, at at certain points sponsored by Twitch, so we appreciate that, and they appreciate that, and you should watch as many ads as you humanly can. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to have. I mean, Vi is, I believe, best of five's uh, most common interviewee, and that is because he is so important to the FGC as a whole. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, a few topics. We have SCR coming up, obviously, which he plays a huge hand in. Um, the esports arena and him locating uh, into Northern California as well as Southern California, so basically taking over the entire state. Um, some funny stuff that happened with people on commentary zone tournament and a variety of other things. And yes, we are still waiting on that to, uh, to get ready to go. What's your, what's your next tournament you're going to, John? Okay, we had to turn off John so we can get me on. So I am vamping solo right now. I'm going to admit that. I'm stretching things out. We're getting things going. Um, I can do a solo block grab if the chat gives me good enough things to block or grab on. I will do a lightning round. Um, so, yeah, let's do it. Block or, yeah, yeah exactly. Trezor has the same idea I do. Block or grab during commercial status. <laughs> Oh, man, I didn't aware. Yes, I did say I didn't aware, um, and I, I didn't aware of that when I said it um, because it's been a really long week, and I've been doing a lot of new things, getting ready for law school coming up. Um, steak with I hate ketchup. Ketchup's my least favorite thing in the entire world. I'm actually not kidding about that. So, no, we're going we're gonna to block. Um, best cami, I have to go with NL, who I, is also, to me, the most impressive player, period in a lot of ways. Um, maybe not 100% overall, but I think he's the best cami for sure. Um, if you want to see me sing karaoke, you can go to my Twitter. I posted a video of me driving back from the Red Bull Dallas event singing Fall Out Boy. Um, Yun and SF5, that's a block. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? That's a block. Are you block grabbing by yourself? Yes, I'm solo block grabbing, and thankfully... <laughs> John and Alex Valle are finally joining me so I can stop solo block grabbing things in the we chat. saved him. <laughs> you yeah, saved him. You're doing so great. You're doing so good. Oh, I appreciate that, Alex. Well, how are you doing? Ah, oh, fantastic, man. It's, uh, you know, it, I'm in Oakland. Um, okay. And I, I make this silly joke where in, I live in SoCal and to drive from Orange County to the valley <laughs> takes much longer than to fly from Orange County to Oakland. So I, that's SoCal traffic. That's what we have to deal with every Wednesday for people to try to sign up on time. That's but, why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're definitely busy year-round, but where does July fall and how busy you are? Obviously, SCR is in the, in the future, upcoming. Evo's around the corner. How busy is Alex Fai right now? Just about seven days a week. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I, I try to, um, you know, break away and, and 
enjoy some great eats towards the later in the evening. Uh, but there's always something. And, um, you know, if I'm out there like looking for opportunities or just replying to community feedback, that stuff doesn't sleep because I handle it globally now. It's not just what we do with America. It's like with the online events going on across like the seas and everything. So there's, there's a bunch of stuff going on, man. So yeah. it's time to catch up. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of talking to the community and such, uh, we have a lot to talk about here. Um, so I just want your kind of hot take on this, but people do look to you as like, you know, Mr. Street Fighter wisdom, fighting game wisdom. You've been around for a while. You've seen a lot of situations. We were talking earlier about this new development and their understanding of the input lag with Street Fighter V. And I just wanted to get your, like I said, hot take, just take a minute to, to talk about this, but how, how are you reacting? How should we be reacting to this? You know, are, are we upset? Is, is, is this like a really big, bad deal? Um, or is it like not as big of a thing as it looks like on paper? It sucks, dude. Uh, I tell you straight up, it sucks because I was one of the first ones, when I went to final round, 2016 for the Street Fighter V tournament. It had over like a thousand entrants, right? It was an amazing time to see that many entrants for a game first year, right? We're like, dope. And um, some people played it on PC, some people played it on PS4, but of course you're playing on PS4. But I was one of the first ones to like say, hey, this game is so much faster and smoother on PC. What the hell? Because I had Filipino champs PC, like his laptop right next to us and then there's like a games case and the Japanese and the internationals are doing money matches there and I'm all telling them, hey look, play on the PC one and they play and they're like, oh much better, much, much better right, and I'm like, oh crap this sucks, so there's something wrong like this is the 8 frame world so yeah. um, that was just the start of the chaos and it sucks because we've been used to for so many years playing games that are, you know what Street Fighter Four is about like four, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like and uh, the the classics are between like what two to three, so um, it, it's just that adjustment is way too large, and and for it to have to continue, you know, even though they've made strides to 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 lessen it, it's just it's not enough, you know, so, because a lot of a lot of the players are making sacrifices, you know, to do this full time. And they have to deal with it, and it's just something they have to suck up. But it is affecting; it it has affected players for at least a good year and a half. They had, you know, it took them that long to adapt to what the speed is now. So um, I, I just all you, all we can do now is just hope there is going to be a change. If if well, if not uh, on season four, or we have to wait for the next version of Street Fighter or something. So, yeah. so you were yeah. one of the original people spreading what maybe the solution to this issue, which was the gospel of PC Street Fighter V. You ran yeah. that for a long time at Wednesday Night Fights. And, you know, we've seen ups and downs of PC SF5 throughout the years. I thought it was great at South by Southwest, but the other week they had to stop a tournament and switch it over to PS4. Do you think it's practical? No, absolutely not. No, it's not. Uh, okay. I can, I, can, I can tell you that because, um, all right, it takes, in order to make it right, you'd ha we'd have to um, stress test all the machines with all the uh, possible scenarios of having, um, you know, the peripherals already pre-installed. And that's already, 
that's like we're thinking about what 10 20 different variables of converters and whatever they got underneath the hood of their sticks and their control pad <laughs> and after that when we start the tournament it's you know there's a lot of troubleshooting that people are not aware of like uh pc's been on too long so you know overheats. Uh, ma- random overheats random uh maintenance that has been overlooked people sometimes we don't turn off the like oh hey you know postpone maintenance for like you know an hour two hour three before it goes to sleep you know that will turn off there's a lot of little intricacies and to us in the fighting game community that sucks right but if you look at every other genre of esports that's normal to them they're like oh hey it's a grand championship match oh there's a little lag there okay let us stop it and then go to the troubleshooting break. It's like so normal for them, but for us, it's it's a nightmare because at, we need every single one of those frames, you know, to calculate a win. They don't. They can just kind of walk around and then like, oh, cool, I'm gonna stop my little beam or whatever, and then <laughs> start it off later. And they have dedicated servers. It's just those games are so well built for PCs, and fighting games are not yet. I mean, do we still still got some ways to go? Yeah. Fingers crossed for the next chapter. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, sorry to kick this off with a little bit of, of, of negativity there, I guess, but I do think it's something that needs to be talked about and, and absolutely valued what you have as, as your input on it all. Uh, but you said you are in NorCal, yet I see, and I don't know if everyone else can see this, but I see a Wednesday Night Fights logo behind you <laughs> because you have officially moved a Wednesday Night Fights, or, or I'm sorry, a secondary Wednesday Night Fights, right? Now up north. Yes. Um, which is exciting, but there are a lot of questions that come along with that. Is that, you know, is that going to, you're, you're going to run side by side with SoCal Wednesday Night Fights? Are you going to call it something different? Is it going to cannibalize your viewers? There's a lot to get into here. So, but first, if you want to just kind of give us an overview of what it is you're doing, you're starting new Wednesday Night Fights up in up in NorCal. How's that going for you? Uh, yes. So I am in the eSports Arena, Oakland. This is actually my second visit. First visit was during uh, Bay Area Brawl, which had nearly 300 competitors, uh, and it ran really smooth. Everybody here was amazing. It's like I, the last time I've been to NorCal for such a big event was, I would believe, NCR, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's great to see everybody back at it again. Um, and this actually has been a two-year-long project, you know, behind the scenes. Um, you know, Esports Arena in Orange County, I have to call it now. I can't just say Esports Arena now. It's mm-hmm. always, like, where I'm at. So it's Esports Arena Orange County, Esports Arena Oakland. It's, it's something I'm getting used to. But Esports Arena in general uh, has been, like, tremendous for us, for, for our growth, uh, the partnership to getting everybody together because this type of venue doesn't really exist um, in many regions so yeah you know we're there taking it full advantage of you know where we're placing so many games and so many streams and it was just so decked out for you know for our vision to grow um so once we heard the big news that like you know i was talking to the C, the the bosses of uh, esports arena they're like hey Vai, guess where our next facility is gonna be at and i'm like where that is all we're going up north i'm like san francisco close we're to oakland i'm like great so um i think you know we could figure out something to where we can um well once we figure out you know how wednesday night fights is evolving and 
and Orange County, uh, we can figure out a plan and how to make it happen up there because it just seems that the weekly events in NorCal, which are still ongoing, um, they don't have something to where it involves everybody. Like there's little factions here and there of places. Like there's three games here, two games here, four games there, but it's never like something they they have to wait until like a major or regional to happen so um and you know i pay close attention to that you know i talk to a lot of the community members to see like what would they like you know what games they would like to play and stuff and um you know it's all about growing it together and that's what Wednesday Night Fights evolved in in SoCal because it did start at Street Fighter then we had a Tekken and then the Mm -hmm. anime games you know like Smash and everything and it just you know, Jimmy and I worked so hard over the years to make it like the modern arcade, but but on a Wednesday. Um, so, you know, after Esports Arena Oakland opened, um, you know, it was just a matter of implementing our current model that's in SoCal up here. And it's still, you know, having the experience of communicating with the right people to, to help us, um, you know, bring everybody together. Because it's not just... You know, me and Jimmy, it's the community too. The community has to step up to make these things happen. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and especially, you see them now too. Like in, in SoCal, the guys that, you know, like the Nick Tanella was like the first uh, streamer, like a personal streamer that came up to me and goes, hey, uh, is it cool if I stream on my channel? And, and I know you guys are busy on your mainstream, but I can take some of the pool matches. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And that kind of opened up having multiple streams at Wednesday Night Fights because, you know, Nick Danella came on board, um, you know, Kevin Haas there. Now uh, Max Damage TV um, does our variety stuff of a bunch of uh, games. Um, Level Up Your Game, which is RIP. RIP took over the Tekken channel, right? Mm-hmm. So Tekken is always there. So we, we saw this, and it was such a healthy, um, you know, collaboration of just the entire fighting game community and 2GG, of course, was with with Smash. Uh, that this was going to work up here. Uh, the NorCal scene has a, it's still a vibrant scene with every everybody playing their favorite games. But now we're just going to put them together in one spot. So um, yeah, there's so much more I wanted to discuss, but like I'm probably going to go all over the place and rant. So <laughs> is there any specific questions you want to ask me about? Well, I was just. I- I was just laughing because I mean apparently it's gotten big enough to where people at Wednesday night fights don't know who you are. We're laughing about the the the, the kid on commentary who was trying to figure out who Alex Valle was. How does that make you feel when your tournament's outgrown even yourself? It's it's uh it, I'll tell you it I wasn't prepared at all. Um <laughs> I, I I was there's a lot of things going in my mind uh because I'm running like a bunch of tournaments that night uh i'm always asked for help like either you know hey we need a somebody to do commentary or like oh hey i need help assigning somebody on stream or whatnot and there was an opportunity for me to <laughs> help with the casting and then i saw somebody new i'm like okay cool you know i'm gonna talk to him like i usually have just a conversation like to break the ice and then you know of, of our little introduction uh, he's like hello sir who are you? I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Wait. 
<laughs> like who put him out of here if he doesn't know where he's at? <laughs> right now, I'm looking at Kyobi this entire time. Uh, that you know he runs our stream for the mainstream for Wednesday Night Fights, and I'm like, it was you to put him out. And he goes, hey man, we we needed a caster. We had nobody on. I'm like, okay, so let's roll with it. Let's roll with it. And uh, I I just like I put a little humor into it, and and you know I I, I took took a little jabs, but at the end, you know, of course, it's about welcoming on. And hey, you know, you, I really love that you're taking initiative to commentate a game that you don't really know anything about. Like, not that many people do it. There's only a handful of us in the fighting game community that even steps to the plate. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about somebody that just waves back in the camera and like, oh, look at me. I'm talking about somebody who just goes on the chair, sits down, and, and like, you know, handle business. Because that, yeah. that is what's going to move this scene forward. Not just people memeing and just sitting and waiting around for an opportunity to land on their feet so mm -hmm. you know there have been a quite a few esports arenas that have been erected you know i think there's one in vegas i think is it in austin or is it dallas the one in texas um and anyways wherever it is no one no one helping me out thanks guys it's uh, not in austin so, i promise like, that is the but... plan Austin? yeah is the it's plan not. to just get <laughs> Is the plan to get a Wednesday night fights in every major like fighting game area of the country and then and then beyond? Like, what's the end goal here? Because you've already kind of like gonna monopolize California. You got the top and bottom of it. Where, where does it go from here? That's a that's a great question. Um, I mean, <laughs> I would love to see a Wednesday night fights or something like it. It doesn't have to be a Wednesday night fights. It's just because there's a lot of weeklies out there that are following our footsteps because we've laid out the blueprint of like hey let's have a, a weekly gathering at my friend's garage they're they've been doing that stuff for years that's nothing new um but we were one of the first ones to start streaming that you know ordeal and putting talented players talented you know uh wise men like james chen <laughs> to get mm -hmm. on there and talk about things that you know what's good with the uh, fighting game community and started making a show right so like we kind of put these vehicles together with uh, it's, that, that's actually all Jimmy Jimmy put these put technology and the logistics together I'm like more of the talent and then the, the community brainstorm right mm -hmm. um, and you know after weeks after weeks of doing this with some of the best guys uh, you know you can probably tune in to a stream on any given week and see the same thing now right it's nothing new it's like it's eight you know we've been doing it for eight years so the difference is um i think you know there, there's just there's like a, a plateau to where a lot of tournament organizers reach like they don't know how to pass certain thresholds of like oh i can't find a big enough venue or i can't you know, coordinate well with content producers, or I don't know how to, you know, create a show. You know, there's just a lot of these ways. And I get these questions a lot too. Uh, so, you know, we, we besides our weekly events, we produce some a lot of white label events. You know, for the Capcom Pro Tour, we do the online stuff. So we do high level productions. So it's yeah. not just like the little stuff. We we mentor a lot of the current FGC talent. Like the guys that are on the Rebel Conquest, so Jimmy leads that initiative, and you see Yipes, you see Vicious, you see Ringe, um, Tasty Steve, and those guys. Those guys, came, you know, 
we worked really, really well with them, and uh, Jimmy um, had made sure that to to give them the right flow and the right uh, presence to seeing like what Red Bull, uh, how Red Bull should be should represent the, the the fighting game community. So, to answer your question, moving to other cities wouldn't be so bad. Like if I can grow them, right? Our main goal at the end of the day is always growing your town like wouldn't you want a Wednesday night fights in like you know pick a pick a city that doesn't have one I, love I, I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna refuse that right um, and, and I hope people don't think like oh level up is just taking over or is monopolizing it it's more of like okay if it's not us then who do you want to step up and do it because mm-hmm. nobody else is and I, I think we're at the point where yeah, I'm not getting young <laughs> You know, I'm going to still compete here and there. Jimmy's not getting any younger, but uh, if we want to move, uh, make noise in the fighting game community and to grow it, you know, in the modern age, uh, this is one of the routes, one of many routes to do it. Yeah. You know, um, so so there's a lot of uh, expansion going on and such, but the, the more immediate situation is that you have moved up to NorCal. And so, as far as I'm concerned, it sounds like you're going to have Wednesday night fights going on in SoCal and in NorCal at the same time. Are you worried all about at all about uh, like you know cannibalizing your viewership or having to make people choose to go back and forth? Are you just hoping people have a lot of bandwidth and are going to open more you know multiple streams and, and different tabs and such? Great question. Uh, so, this has been the community's first concern is about cannibalizing the. St- the current streams that are out there because i know nlbc is freaking one of the best shows out there right now everybody watches it they tune in boom right and then they end kind of about the time that we start pools so it's actually a pretty good transition from like Mm -hmm. east coast to the west coast but then now uh we have to deal with norcal which is the same time relatively as the orange county uh location so orange county's a tournament scenes has to start at 9 p.m. or 9:30 ish, realistically, right? Um, it's just due to traffic, people driving two hours out. It's just the way it is. We've tried changing the time, but it's not going to change. Oakland, in the other hand, is going to start at 8 p.m. Okay, and uh, how the the streams will start at 8, the tournaments will start at 8. Wishful thinking here, but they are. Uh, that's what we're, we're hoping for, and. They're obviously they're gonna have they're gonna start off with um, different stream channels. So for the grand opening, we're gonna utilize Level Up Live, our main channel up here, um, to open up the show. So uh, and Level Up Live Two, which is our uh, SoCal regionals, so it's usually like our SoCal regional secondary mainstream channel, will be utilized in uh, Orange County. Now um, we are gonna do our best to. Um, showcase different games at different hours so that way you're not seeing the same thing so say like if we start kick it off with street fighter up here we may show like blaze blue or tekken or something in in socal so and and vice versa and think of it also as a major presentation you know like a a major tournament has like anywhere between five to ten streams going on sure so we're, we're going to present it similar to that too and because it's under one roof right it's under you know esports arena and and level up 
we're all going to piggyback on the promotions of these streams to make it look like a, a major's uh, stream programming lineup. Okay, and versus you gotta dig through so many cities and towns and players to find like what you're looking for. So you'll see all the streams, um, what they're playing, who's up, um, and it's not just us as well. Our community uh, partner streams, uh, which actually I would like to announce uh, here, um, got the guys that have been kicking ass at NorCal. The guys have been stepping up, um, you know. Ever since Esports Arena Oakland opened up here, and the guys who took their own initiatives is the Pandora House guys. They're gonna be our um, our primary secondary stream. So they're gonna uh, mm-hmm. they're going to showcase the games that um, currently don't have a pool stream. Like say um, maybe like Injustice guys are gonna come out, but I'm not sure if they're gonna have a stream yet. So that, you know we have an opportunity with the Pandora House guys to stream them. Um, Actually, a lot of the anime anime guys are um, like I just heard three streams are gonna come out <laughs> to to stream like Blaze Blue, uh, Unist, um, uh, Revelator too. So it's just a matter of them streaming their pools on on their channels, and then they can bump up their top threes on our main channels or Pandora houses. So that way we can have a good separation of, of, of things to watch. If you guys want to watch the up-and-coming players, uh, we're going to promote the streams that are um, on the pools. So like, this is this is like so, um, you know, we're taking I, it to... I yeah, do yeah. not envy the task of having to balance all yeah, of this yeah. stuff. You've got all of SoCal <laughs> and NorCal. Apparently you're going to have 16 million streams going on all at once. So we as the fighting game community, we're, we're excited because we can watch whatever we want. But you guys are going to have to like organize all of this. And, and I have faith that T.O. Valle and Level Up can do that. But I do not envy that kind of a task. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's going to be... I'm not going to say it's peaches and cream. It's, it's going to be some bit of a cluster. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> because we're going to have to manage like how many streams are going on at one time. Every week is going to be different. Because some streamers are not going to be able to come out. Um, and we have to adjust on the fly. Uh, we may not have enough setups for a certain game because, you know, it's a weekly event. Sometimes there's, you've seen it, John, there's like a 50 one day, another day it could be like 20, another day it could be 100. <laughs> or like, what? You know, you know what I mean? um, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it fluctuates all the time. And in certain yeah. scenes like, like Injustice, or I'm sorry, the NRS scene, for example, might have a game that's doing really hot and that tapers off until the next one comes out. So it's always changing around. Um and and you said that there might be like three different anime you know streams coming out being put on basically by the community. I wanted to ask you though, yes. um, you often say it's mostly up to the individuals and it's in the individual communities to keep things going. In your experiences, you're running uh, Wednesday night fights and you have all these different communities there on the same night. Um, which scene puts in the the most effort? So you got your anime scene, you got the Capcom scene, you got NRS, you got Smash, you got Tekken. Which scene comes, I mean, it sounds right now like the anime guys are, are winning in this category because they've got three different streams coming out to do uh, to the, do NorCal WNF. But in your opinion, which one's putting down the most effort and earning it the most right now? You know, man, I'm going to be honest. So at first, it's whoever comes out and whatever their favorite game is. So Nick Tanella, right? He was the first mm-hmm. one in SoCal to, like, but he's a Street Fighter. And everybody wanted to watch Street Fighter V, you know, because it just came out. But 
he ended up being the variety streamer, another integral part of showcasing all the other games. So, um, you know, Pandora House, in the case up here, yeah, they're mainly known for Street Fighter, but uh, when, I, when I pitched it to them, I said, I think you guys are much more than that. I think you guys um, just want to, you know, welcome everybody to, like, start coming to Esports Arena before Wednesday Night Fights arrive. Um, and I think they, they love that, too. I think they, they don't necessarily have to just show Street Fighter V. Um, so I don't think it's just... A, in the beginning phase, yes, uh, uh, you may see, like, the anime guys may come in, right, and do their stuff and, and with their three streams. But let, let's see what happens three to six months from now. Maybe they, as content producers, they may grow into wanting to stream more. So I always ask that every week. I come by and I look, I check out every stream producer. I'm like, hey, how's it going with your stream? Are you happy with the numbers? I mean, do you want to try to stream another game? You know, maybe we have a bunch of games. You can try it. Don't just limit yourself to stream this, even though this is your passion. But as a content producer, you know, you, you want to get some recognition, some awareness, because it sucks. You don't want to have like a... 20-man stream, a 10-man stream, or maybe you're happy with that, but not. But you would like to see maybe a 500 to a thousand, and that, that's actually might give you a bit of a bit of a more motivation to keep going, because uh, mm -hmm. it hurts. I know it does. I see guys and they, they can't ever raise that bar. They don't know what to do. So that's that's why you know Jimmy and I are here to give you guys ideas and to figure out, hey, maybe you guys should put this type of talent on, or maybe you guys should promote these type of events you guys should do something a little bit more different than than what everybody else is doing so i i would bottom line answer your question uh, it's a mixture of just what that person how much value that person is going to come in i don't i don't just see them as an you know anime community come in to stream it i see community members willing to take that leap to figure out if this is this is what they want to do long term well that leads into what uh, the last topic we're going to have time for, which is, you know, doing a lot of games and having all these communities come together has been a big part of, of your brand for a long time. And SCR is, I believe, part of just about every fighting game circuit known to man. There is the Capcom Pro Tour, the Street Fighter 30th Tournament, the Tekken World Tour, the Injustice 2 Pro Series, and the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour are all in attendance there. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, SoCal Regionals, man. It's uh, for a long, for the longest time, we've we have been the hardest region to qualify for any of these. Times have changed now. The, the same international players are going to all the premier events. So, yeah, we kind of lose that flair a little bit. Um, but that's just a, 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 you know trends of times have changed, and now you know we just have to cater as another satellite premier event. Uh, we are fortunate enough to work with all the publishers, so thank all the publishers to still supporting this, the, the region because um, there's, there's not that many um, Tekken World Tour events now. They had to dial down that, right? Um, we are a radar event for Dragon Ball, so we're not a Saga event. So it's, it's year one, right? So they're tr still trying to figure out which events are going to have the, the right Dragon Ball attendance and impressions for them so it's, it's still a really cool opportunity for the winner of that event to be flown out to a saga event of their choice 
uh, Capcom Pro Tour, uh, we're you know we're a staple in, in our region to have uh, some of the hype uh, hypest events. Even Yukadon was our champion last year, and he's killing it still this year. So it's going to be um, great to see him uh, come back. And uh, you know, Tekken World our Tekken World Tour, we're a challenger event. We were a master last year, so they kind of dialed it back in. It's understandable. I think it actually works out better for us, to be honest, because we get to stream Tekken on on the Level Up channel. So that actually helps more, um, you know, more programming power for our sponsors and partners because we didn't have that before. That's one thing to always worry about when you are a tournament organizer because you have to do so many white label, you know, Capcom Pro Tour stream. None of our sponsors can go on that stream, right? Mm -hmm. Et cetera, with any other other showcase. Like I, the IPS uh, Injustice Pro Series, it's our first time actually being on that. Um, and it will be on the NetherRealms channel. But we're still excited because we've always uh, supported the NRR stream, uh, you know, scene in our region. It's not that big, to be honest, in uh, in the West compared to, to the East. But, I mean, we're so fortunate enough to be, um, you know, on board with that. Um, but yeah, man, we're 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 still pumping that, and not only that, uh, you know, we took some lessons from last year. We we only had I think about ten or eleven games. Now we have over sixteen games. So we, <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> You're gonna be busy. We'll, yeah, we're gonna be super super busy. We have like sixteen games. Uh, we have included Smash, uh, Melee, and Four. Uh, we we do have the space for it now. We have about twenty eight thousand square feet. Uh, last year we had 24,000 square feet and we still couldn't fill it. So is it a new venue? Are you are you yes. talking about that yet? Or? Okay. Yes. Uh, the the venue is going to be at the Ontario Convention Center. It's actually we're it's a venue we've had SCR before during 2015, but it was at a ballroom. Um, now we're at the Exhibit Hall B. So it was really cool walking that space at the Exhibit Hall, you know, three years ago, saying like, hey, you know what? Hopefully. SCR will be here one in one year, and here we are. So uh, you know, growing to that is, is always a good feeling, um, and and you know we're doing it as much as we can, and you know, hopefully people understand too that it's really expensive here, guys. Like all the lavish venues that are like you know in the Midwest or like in the South or stuff. It's like I I, I wish I had. Um, you know, access to those compared to down here. Like we're just stuck with SoCal real estate, and NorCal is actually worse. So, and that's why, and, and and New York is probably the worst out of all of us. That's why there's not really major events going on in there, except you know we have um, Defend the North, City of Brazos take you know handling business up there. But like man, you know I I understand his pain. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. So, well, but yeah, that's our uh, September 14th to 16th, man. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that about brings us to the end. Uh, give people, I mean, this all sounds insanely ambitious, but uh, give people just a few a few dates, a few places to, to keep watching out for. Yes, so um, the Wednesday Night Fights, uh, Esports Arena, Oakland, grand opening is tomorrow, and that stream is going to start at 8 p.m. Uh, the main stream is Level Up Live. Our main secondary stream will be Pandora House. Uh, all this information will be posted in our social media. Please follow us on uh, Level Up Series on Twitter. Um, and we will also follow up with all the community streams that are going to be on both facilities, uh, WNF in Orange County, WNF in Oakland. And as far as SCR, 
It's September 14th through the 16th. Uh, we pretty much have a premiered circuit to all the major games, and it's going to be at the Ontario Convention Center. Uh, if you want to sign up, it's on smash.gg slash scr2018. So, awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for being on, Tio. We all yeah. uh, appreciate it, and it's, it's lovely to see your face yet again here on Best of Five. Oh, man, um, thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Mike, do you want to sign us off? I'm not good with that stuff. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you to everyone for watching Best of Five. Thank you to Alex Vi for coming on the show. Maybe maybe our best friend on the show, frankly. He's certainly been on it the most times and always has great things to announce. I'm looking forward to the next Wednesday Night Fights. I already watch most of them, and certainly SCR. Um, thank you to all of you for watching. Uh, feel free to subscribe or follow if you want to, but really, all we really care about is having you right here. Uh, hopefully next week, Efren will be back. I'm not sure. If he's not, you can't really blame him as much as I want to. Um, but outside of that, thank you all for watching.